Welcome to the Tech Study Hall podcast with your host, my dad, Dr. Rich Smith. Let's get started! Thanks, Finn, and welcome to episode 111 of the Tech Study Hall podcast, where you can go to explore all about 21st century learning and ed tech integration in a safe space in hopes to take steps forward in your tech independence. My name is Rich, and today we're starting a new series of episodes I'm calling Tech the Halls, where I give you a few of my favorite tech tools that you can learn more about as we head into the holiday season. Today's episode is going to highlight two of my favorite interactive whiteboards for instruction. But first, just as a reminder for our first-time listeners, our goal with Tech Study Hall is to inspire educators to explore new ways to use technology as a way to accent their lessons, all while using 21st century learning strategies to keep our students engaged. Now, whether that's using tech or not, the way our learners obtain knowledge is different from the way we experienced it. But the one thing that hasn't changed is the importance of relating our learning experience to a world that makes sense for them. Today's objective... During this time for digital instruction, interactive whiteboards can be tough to use if you don't have a touch screen or stylus as an option, but still an effective way to display information for students in an interactive way when you can't be all together. For face-to-face instruction, it's an alternative to actual whiteboards. If you need to give them a break or do something different or to keep things sanitary in person uh, due to the pandemic. Fact of the matter is that when it comes down to it, we're trying to connect with our students in any way possible to provide a sense of community and belonging while in this mode of learning. Not only can digital whiteboards provide this context for our students, it can also save on paper, board, and other associated wastes when learning with markers, pencils, or pens in a more tactile way. Regardless of the purpose you're using the digital whiteboard, it is a cool and trendy way to incorporate a little flair in 21st century learning. Today, we're going to look at a couple of my favorites, Jamboard, and whiteboard.fi. Time for the lesson. I'm looking forward to sharing with you today two of my favorite interactive whiteboards for the digital classroom. But first, I wanted to talk a little bit about why it's great to use them. The first tip is that it's a great way to share content with your students in bulk. The use of digital whiteboards provides a real-time activity to enhance a lesson, to share with your students in a unique way that accents the topic of the day. The next opportunity for using and incorporating digital workspaces is to show them how to interact with that digital workspace when they're live together. Sometimes you'll find that the newness of the latest tech tool overwhelms the students and they want to focus more on the tool itself than the content that you're trying to teach them. So a great way to avoid this happening in your classroom is to incorporate some time for play and community building. Introduce the digital whiteboard through some teaming activities, a review game, or just have some fun with it. Let them get a chance to explore how the tools work in the system, how to be creative with it, how things work in the system. And once they've gotten it out of their system, then use it for the lesson. It will remove any novelty factor and they'll be ready to work and they'll be able to focus on the work at hand, not how things work within the system. Number three, you can digitally create the same interactive content for all of your students at the same time. No papers or other materials required, just you, your students, and the content. You can push what you want out to the students at a pace that's good for you. The next tip is that it provides for an option of awesome form and feedback in the moment. Live and in person, even if it's from a distance, as the action is happening, you can see where your students are in the lesson, observe reteachable moments, enjoy the satisfaction of the learning achieved, 
all while watching the students' engagement levels being peaked. And the last tip I'm going to leave you with today is that it can be a wonderful option for inspiring communication, collaboration, connection, community, critical thinking, and digital citizenship as they learn how to navigate the tools properly, how to interact with one another online, and how the content can be interwoven into that lesson and so much more. Now, there are a couple of warnings that when you're implementing a tool like this, I think that you should probably walk away with and be mindful of. The first one is make sure that you set some ground rules for usage of that tool. Make sure that you allow some time for creativity and fun, but make sure that the students understand how they are to interact when a lesson is in session. So it's probably a good idea to set aside some time with a practice lesson to model for them the do's and don'ts of using that system. Upfront, clear communication whenever implementing a digital tool like this is paramount to success. If this is an area that you're struggling with, take some time to stop what you're doing, reframe, revisit the ground rules, and then reapproach the learning. You'll see it will go a long way in your classroom management, especially in a digital landscape. Now, the next tip I'm going to leave you with is um, to test out how that tool is going to work on the school's network. I can't tell you how many times I've planned this great lesson and how frustrated I would get to find you know, this awesome tool, spend time prepared at home just to find out that there was an issue with the school's filter or a Wi-Fi defender of some sort. So that's another reason why I stress to run some fun tests with the students before you really want to run it with a lesson because you don't want to run in there and hit a wall and you've spent all this time preparing and then you can't deliver it the way you want to deliver it. So make sure it will work when you're ready to use it. The last tip I want to share with you, as Big Brother says, and I'm a huge fan of that show, is expect the unexpected. It will undoubtedly take some time to get used to using the tool. Give yourself some grace and understanding that things can and will go wrong sometimes. Now, this doesn't mean that there's something wrong with using technology in the classroom, but it's a great exercise in Murphy's Law that if something's going to go wrong, it probably will. So give yourselves a little grace. Give yourselves the ability to fail. Remember, first attempt in learning. Give yourself the opportunity to fail in front of those students. Now, what I find helpful when I'm struggling with technology in the classroom is asking my students for help. See if they can help solve the problems um, because it really does help increase community involvement and buy-in. And it teaches a great lesson in vulnerability as well, that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay not to know everything. It's okay not to be that stage on the stage. If it doesn't work the first day, step back, try it again another day. And you'll see that you're showing your students the value in embracing conflict and making it a, a temporary hurdle as opposed to a barrier that they cannot overcome. That's great. Now, we've discussed some of the pros and um, barriers to overcome when it comes to implementing a tech tool. Let's jump into our first tool right now. Today, talking about a relatively newer Google Workspace, as it's called now, app. Uh, it's called Jamboard. And uh, what, what I really like about this particular interactive whiteboard is that the features for sharing are very similar to anything else that you use inside of Google. So it's going to come second nature to users there. I do love its simplicity. And uh, there's also some room for growth. So I, I appreciate that about the Google apps in general is that, that you can always see where it's going to be effective and the fact that it always allows some room for development as well. Overall, it's a very effective opportunity for sharing a workspace with your class digitally. You can assign up to 20 slides in your Jamboard workspace to be used in your lesson. So if your class size is a little larger than that, think about some teaming exercises that you can set up inside that workspace. The backgrounds that are available are pretty handy. Uh, you have the dot matrix background. There's also a ruled paper kind of background. There's two different graph options as well and some darker backgrounds for inverse sharing. 
uh, blue and black, I believe, are the two colors that you have available there. And uh, zooming in and out of frames as well as clearing them is pretty easy and self-explanatory. They do have a pretty decent tool palette to start with. The first one is you have some pen options that range from brush strokes, pen size, marker, and highlighter with about six different colors to choose from. You can turn your cursor into an eraser and an arrow as well. Now, there's also another tool in that particular feature called Sticky Notes. And it's great because if you're setting something up on the template that you want this, the students to use, but you really kind of want to set up a directions perhaps, or maybe just something that kind of sets itself apart from what's in the worksheet, um, you can leave them a little digital sticky note uh, and, and give them some you know extra guidance or some other instructions that they can use to complete the assignment. Now, I'm curious why there are not more shape options available in the tool belt, though, either. So um, you can create circles, and that's about the extent of what the shape tool inside of Jamboard can do. Uh, but perhaps there's more coming down the pike. As I said, there's room for growth with Jamboard, and maybe that just kind of trying it out to put it out there. It is a relatively new tool. There's also a text toolbox that you can uh, move away from the written because not everyone has or likes their handwriting when it comes to writing with a mouse. And so unless you have a stylus or a touchscreen option, you know, you do have the option to create a text box to type in. You can leave some, again, some directions for students or create questions or whatever they're going to do. Now, when it comes to shapes, let's go back to that for a second. Maybe one of the things that they're kind of looking at is um, you can add shapes by using the upload option for graphics. You can upload JPEGs or PNG files to your Jamboard, and maybe that's an option for getting the shapes that you really want. Um, but let me give you an example of where I really think this upload option comes in handy. I had a teacher who wanted to have their students graph equations digitally with graph paper. And they were cool with the graphing backgrounds, but they wanted to use pictures from the book of the equations or actually hand draw some diagrams to go along with their work. So I showed them how to take a picture and import them into Jamboard, and it was exactly what they were looking for. So you could add other things too, like maps or pictures, if it lends itself to your lesson, to kind of enhance it a little bit. Now, it became a great option for blending parts of traditional framework lessons as well um, with your new. Now, if you go back up to where you created your slides, you'll notice a small carrot pointing downwards under the slide count. You can get a quick glance view of all of your slides in action as you scroll through the Jamboard to ensure students are on task. And it's in that view that you can duplicate the slides that you're already completed. So if you create like one master slide template, then you can go through and just click on the three dots inside that slide, and then you can duplicate that up to 20 times. You can also delete slides in Jamboard very quickly this way as well. Now, the other three dots commands that we see inside of Jamboard offer you the feedback and naming opportunities that we're always used to inside of Google. But here, you can also download a slide as a graphic or PDF. Now, another upgrade that I would love to see, speaking of PDFs um, in Jamboard, is the ability to import PDF into the session so that you could do some close reading activities digitally, but Overall, I'm impressed with the ability to import pictures and graphics, which I suppose you can, you can on some level um, do the same thing with a PDF. Just save it as the JPEG or the PNG. It's just a couple of extra steps. By far, my favorite find with Jamboard came about with the sharing options that are available to Jamboard. As some of you may have already known, um, they have incorporated Jamboard as part of the Google Meet suite. So what's awesome from this upgrade is that you can start a brand new Jamboard on the fly or choose from an existing Jamboard that you've already created and open it up for your students during the session and meet. 
Just read through the dialogue boxes, though. That's the one thing I will caution you about. Um, give your students edit access, and if that's something that you're going to do interactively through the Meet. The options in fine print and the share options that appear during the Google Meet when you open up Jamboard. Now, this last thing really kind of blew my mind, and I just want to share this one last thing about Jamboard. It was an amazing discovery that you can share the Jamboard in your Google Classroom as well, making a copy for each student, just like you do with a Google Doc or a slide or sheets or whatever it is that you're doing inside. You can move the Jamboard, put a link in there to that Jamboard, and create a copy for each student. So you could essentially make a 20-page worksheet, not that I condone online worksheets, but you could create a one-template Jamboard and attach it just like you would a Google Doc to have them. And it's nice because it gives them some versatility. They can handwrite it, they can type it in, they can pull in pictures. It gives the students a lot of flexibility in answering questions for you in a digital assignment. So yeah, you can create your Jamboard assignment and share it out with your students, and or you can create like one Jamboard and inside a Google Classroom assign it to a group of students to work on together. Um, it's it's a great opportunity for you to again group students digitally or have them collaborate on one Jamboard or do things on their own. Now another favorite find during the pandemic closures before Jamboard was so robust was one that I found called Whiteboard.fi. Now, this is completely free to use digital whiteboard option for teachers. And when you go to the website, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. You have the option to join the class or create a new class. And as a teacher creating the new class, you'll be given a join code for your students to use as a, another option for a login. When creating the classroom, you have the option for your students to also wait in a waiting room lobby or be able to jump straight into the session. Now, it's far safer if you, you know, so you don't have random folks jumping into your session uh, that all students be approved before you let them in. It's always something I've recommended. If you have the option for a wait or approval to be pulled into something digitally, you know, make sure you know who you're bringing into your sessions in general. But again, a good option that's available with whiteboard.fi. Now, there are also options for locking the whiteboard classroom to prevent others from joining even after the class has started. You can block whoever it is out and stop the join code from letting people in. You can also take the link that you're creating for the session and add it to your LMS so the students can enter that, that way right away. Uh, you click on the button that says toggle my whiteboard and that's it. You're ready to go. Now, the only drawback is that you cannot prepare or save your whiteboard creations because there's not a login or a save option other than to save your session as a PDF once it's finished. But if you do have to pre-make something, you'll need to leave that tab open on your browser until you're ready to go. I will say that the toolbar is very robust for a freeware whiteboard that's online. You have the same drawing tools and palette tools and shapes and text uh, that we're used to seeing in most of our Google Suites. You can import JPEGs and PNG files just like on Jamboard, uh, but you also get options to cut and copy and paste your creations as well so that you can make your design a little bit faster. Uh, perhaps really sets apart from the other whiteboard apps are the custom backgrounds and formula features. You can create both grids, uh, small and large, you can pick pretty any, pretty much any color of your choosing. Um, what I love is that for music teachers out there, there's a feature for you where you can add music staff as the background as well. And to my math friends, uh, there are freeware whiteboard also has a formula function tool built right into it where you can enter your math expressions by typing them out or using the latex code to accomplish that task. Of course, you always have the option to handwrite everything as well. You can add limited slides to the deck 
Uh, so each student can have a copy of the work that you're designing. So there's no limit as you have in Jamboard where it only allows you to have 20. And then once you have your slides ready to go, you click on the push button. And from there, you have the option to push just one or all of the slides in your deck to your students logged in, and you immediately get a teacher view of the work that you're doing, and you can follow along on that deck. You can enhance it, take a look at it, see what they're working on. And it's really cool to watch them working through some of those exercises live. Again, this is more for your on-the-fly demonstration, and you can save the session, but only via PDF. Uh, so again, remember it's a freeware option. So whiteboard.fi is a wonderful tool to actively engage in your classroom, uh, both in person and from a distance. I mean, I, I really enjoy whiteboard.fi and Jamboard, you know, and being that we're a Google school, um, where I'm at, I really enjoy the fact that Google has taken the opportunity to really listen to some of the teachers. So if you're finding that there's something that's not there, I always tell people, use that feedback feature inside that Google option tool. You, you can't go wrong uh, sending them a little something. And if they don't do it, I'm sure there's a reason for it. If you're really passionate about it, um, I've seen a lot of great people that have said, hey, I've put this update. I think this is a great opportunity for feedback. If you agree with me, you put it through feedback too because the more things, the more hits that that suggestion gets inside of Google, then the higher on the priority list it tends to go up. So really your voices are heard um, with, with a corporation like Google and you don't normally see that kind of uh, cooperation with a lot of companies. Um, you want to make sure that uh, you, you take advantage of it as much as you can. Now, if I had to rate between, if I had to pick my most favorite tool between whiteboard.fi and Jamboard, I'm probably going to go with Jamboard. And I think that really some of the things that separates it from me is that, A, you know, we're Google School, so I know it's fully integrated, and I can send out copies to each student and have them working on it. But I think the other thing, too, is just the fact that I can save my work, work ahead a little bit, and just kind of pull that all in. Um, again, nothing against whiteboard.fi. I think it's an amazing tool. Um, and I, and I love if I'm going to work on something live like that, I probably would use whiteboard.fi over Jamboard. Um, again, if I want to pre-work something, I probably would do it in Jamboard though, because I can save it, put it pretty much wherever I want, whether it's in my Google meet, whether it's in my Google classroom, or just open up a session and share it live. Um, it, it's something I can work on ahead of time, and I am someone who likes to plan that stuff ahead of time. So, um, you know, there's another one that I would probably put into the mix. Uh, I've just seen it pop up recently, and it's called whiteboard.chat. Again, I'm still looking at that one. Haven't really played with it a whole lot yet, but I know that there are some other features, including being able to, like, take a picture of the dashboard and, um, you can kind of point to it. You can do a new poll. You can kind of incorporate into a video call. Again, that I'm just kind of looking at some of the overarching features. I think that there's like so many that you're allowed to use for free, and then you do have to buy a subscription in order for it to work properly. Um, but again, more on that later on. I'm going to talk to some more of my friends to see if um, how, how they're liking it and then maybe give it a try in my classes itself. And that's the one thing I will tell you. My tip in, in looking at any of these technology pieces that we're going to go over during this Tech the Hall series is I just like to play. You know, I, I like to look and evaluate a piece and say, would I use this again? How could I use this now? Um, do I want to use this right away to check it out? Is it too new? Um, is it something that's been around for a while and I just missed it, which is totally possible because there's so much out there and available to you. But part of what it's great about this tech technology exploration, especially during this time is it doesn't hurt to check it out. The worst case scenario, you don't like it. You don't think it's going to be flexible enough for what you want to use. 
you know, offer it up as, a, as something in the toolbox for somebody else down the line. They might like it. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there and evaluate different tech tools. If you don't like it, great. You know what? Because you've got the benefit of knowing that you don't like it. And um, really just taking that onus to better yourself. You know, the more you learn about it, the, the better off you are at evaluating it down the road. And that's the, the biggest thing. You know, be a pioneer. Be an explorer. It's time to wrap it up. Researching tools to accent our digital learning is one of my favorite things to explore. The two interactive whiteboards I mentioned today are just the tip of the digital iceberg. I've recently heard of another one, as I mentioned in the lesson, called whiteboard.chat, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how that integrates because I hear that there's a polling and video calling option involved as well. Again, this is new to me, um, and, and it's not unusual in, in the world of educational technology because there's always going to be something that we're going to find that we should explore and evaluate to see if it's worth checking out. I just wanted to cover a couple of the options that I know I've used that are, I've found to be quick and easy for implementation right away. And we'll put links to those sites in the show notes, as well as a link to Holly Clark's Jamboard templates. Um, she's an amazing, has an amazing collection of templates that you can include uh, job boards and games and community builders and much more. They truly are amazing and they're free. So you really can't beat that. And it's, again, uh, Jamboard is a great opportunity if you're a Google school, which a lot of us are. And so if we've got some amazing people like Holly and many others out there that are willing to share those tools to make our lives just a little bit easier, why reinvent the wheel, right? So these are truly amazing. And again, as I said, they are free. Part of embracing EdTech tools and methods is embracing exploration. Put yourself out there to find a new tool to keep things fresh for your students and for you. As an added bonus, I'm going to launch my YouTube channel this week and add a new feature I call Tech Study Hall Extra Credit, where you can actually walk through the couple of the tools that we've just talked about on the show. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes if I'm listening to somebody talk about how to navigate something, I'd rather have the visual too. I'm very much the visual learner. So I thought it would be a great time to launch our YouTube page just to kind of take you through some of the whiteboards, take on some of the tools that we're going to talk about, maybe um you know, talk to our guests and maybe you get to see what they look like as opposed to just listening on the podcast. So keep a lookout, uh, go to YouTube. You can look for tech study hall as the channel and we'll be launching the extra credit segment, uh, within about a week or so. So make sure you check it out. We'll put it on Twitter when we actually do that. Um, and walk through a couple of those tools with you as you hear about during the tech, the hall series, just a little something to add to your ed tech, Egg tech stocking this year. <laughs> Let's try and say that five times fast, right? Ed tech stocking, ed tech stocking. Now, take some time for yourself this holiday season to refresh, get some rest, stay safe, staying home, and truly enjoying the time with your family. I'm keeping these podcasts shorter for the Tech the Hall series because it's around the holiday time for that reason so that you can take some more time for you. But if you really want to keep up and keep those skills sharp, you know, let's face it, in our teacher in our teaching profession we inevitably as teachers try to squeeze some prep time along the way during that break as well just to kind of get ahead so if you're looking for some new tools to implement in this digital learning age i highly recommend you check it out it's the nature of our vocation to take some time to do that but again i really encourage you to take some time for yourself you, you owe it to yourself emotionally um, socially just to kind of retune readjust reframe and then approach it again once the new year comes in. Make time for you personally and professionally. Um, if you have a couple of your favorites then that you would like to talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to me via Twitter. You can reach me at Smith underscore EdTech 
or you can email me at rmstechspot at gmail.com. I'd love to have you on the show and to see what how you're using these and to lessen the learning landscapes divide and building community digitally for your classrooms. So hang in there, folks. We've got this, and we can do it together. Until next time, everyone, I'm Rich here reminding you to give tech a try. Any small step forward is still part of the greater journey in learning. This has been Tech Study Hall. Class is adjourned, everyone. Be well. Music and sound effects used during Tech Study Hall is provided royalty-free under the use and mention license from hooksounds.com. Other music and sound effects are courtesy of bensound.com and incomtech.com. For more information about how you can be a part of Tech Study Hall, contact Rich at rmstechspot at gmail.com or visit www.techstudyhall.org for follow-up information, research, or contact options. Are we done yet?